Welcome to the Team Builder Show, where the most successful team leaders share how to build, scale, organize, and ultimately maximize your sales team results. What would you do if you lost 50% of your sales team, maybe even more? I would argue one of two things. You'd either say, screw this, this whole team thing doesn't work for me, or you would lean in and become really good at recruiting and retention. That's what these two have done. So I'm really pumped to have Lisa Chinati and Tom Tool in the house on our podcast, because guess what? Spirit of honesty here. They both <laughs> lost 50% of their sales team at one time and learned a lot of lessons from it. So Lisa, let's start with you first for the people that have never met you before. Give us some context. Who are you? How long you've been in the business? Where's your company? And then even break down the size of the business. Sure. Um, so Lisa Chinati, we're from Massachusetts and Southern New Hampshire, just outside of Boston. Um, three offices now, so one in Boston, mm -hmm. one in the Burbs, and then one up in New Hampshire. Um, been in the business really full-time since 2016, mm -hmm. kind of part-time 2010 to 2015. This year, we'll sell 980, 985 homes. Does that just drive you insane? <laughs> yes. It does. I can speak for her on that. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's been, because I've Why seen it Why are you just coming. buying 15 houses and getting to 1,000? Because I thought I was going to get to 1,000, and then some fell apart at the last minute, and... I know, yes. um, but we are going to do about a half a billion dollars in sales and over $10 million in revenues this year. Congrats. Um, thank you. And team size is about 100 sales agents and sitting at somewhere between 20 and 24 support staff to support the sales team. Awesome. So today, Lisa's going to break down her recruiting, right? How she's able to consistently recruit the right kind of people, right? And do it at scale. And then we're going to unpack a whole bunch of other stuff. But let's go to Tommy Tool. So, so Tom, same thing. Where are you from? Give us a little breakdown on the business. How long have you been in the business, et cetera? Sure. So I've been selling real estate 20 years, which is a little crazy to say. Um, our team's been around since about 2012. This year, we're going to sell 466 homes, somewhere around there, 165 million in volume, a little over 4 million in, yeah. in revenue. Uh, we've got 32 active agents now. We got more coming, which is part of why we're here talking about this podcast. Yeah. And we've got 12 salespeople, or excuse me, 12 staff members that include inside sales, video, marketing, support staff, all that sort of stuff. So with both of you, um, you know, this show is really designed for team leaders and those that are aspiring to, to build a business, to, to be one of the 54,000 people in the U.S. that actually are running a team, whether it's a small business, a small team, or they want to become their own independent brokerage, as an example. Um, so you both obviously learned a lot of lessons when you lose half your sales team. Mm -hmm. So so can you lead us, before we get into retention, before we talk about rec recruiting and retention, what happened? So, I, I mean, this I think it's a little fresher for me than Lisa. Um, you know, what, what happened was, and this is where a lot of teams, I feel, get jammed up mm -hmm. because I was heavy into production. Mm -hmm. I was selling 90 homes a year by myself, right. which is bananas. I mean, that's yeah. it, it's a lot. And hold on, hold on. Oh, there we go. That's bananas. I would have said something else if we yeah, were talking so off the podcast. But hey, look, yes. at, look at Yoda. <laughs> so I, I was I was meeting with people in their living rooms constantly, right. and I was really good at it, and that was kind of my identity, which I think was a hard reason why it, it took me so long to move on from that. And when you're doing that, and you don't have someone that's managing the sales team mm -hmm. or managing it the right way, where standards are being enforced, where mm -hmm. all the stuff you say you're going to do actually happens, because... Yeah. I know a lot of team leaders out there, me included, we bent on standards and that created a lot of problems. And then when you try to enforce them or things change, it just doesn't go well because it's unmet expectations from the people that are there. So 
for me, it was making the decision of, hey, I'm going all in on building the team. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to sell any more homes, which I've literally, I think we just closed the last one like a day before we did this. So I'm really pumped about that. And that, and then also making the decision of, hey, I'm going to go all in on empowering our agents, making sure they're the star and they're the people that are getting all the recognition. And that kind of goes in line with the retention side. But when you're selling 90 homes a year, you can't be great at two things at once. So I had a lot of room to improve as a leader. So do you think that unpacking that a lot of the people left you and at least, you know, you guys are friends, so you can jump in here too. Do you think a lot of them left because they just weren't getting the love? I think that's why they always leave. They don't leave the company, they leave the leader, right? right? They're not choosing to leave the thing that we've built. They're choosing to leave us. Yes. It is personal. It Mm -hmm. is personal. Yes. Sure. I mean, that's definitely a component. I'm I'm not, I mean, this is a show about honesty, right? And a lot of teams blow up, they blame a lot of other things. Right. You know, with that in mind, I think it was not just not not the love, but also, you know, I, I bent on the standards. And I, I what does that mean? It means, hey, you want to keep on leads. Here's what you need to do. And yeah. then, on, either you're not recruiting and bringing in people, so you can't enforce the standards. You're right. kind of beholden to people that are, yeah. hey, you know what, Tom? I'm closing enough sales, so I'm not going to do these. But I know I think you I think you need me. And yeah. Yeah. the reality, and that that had something to do with it too, because I wasn't doing what's right for the team, which is bringing in new people because growth allows for a lot of opportunities for folks. And that, that was another thing I was kind of short sighted on. I thought it was more important for me to go list homes, Mm -hmm. which if I transfer that skill, which is what we do every week now on Wednesdays at 11 o'clock to the entire team, you know, that's something that people aren't going to get in 99% of places they go. You know, what's interesting about that when you were saying, you know, uh, like the veterans can bend because they know you need them. It's it's the beauty of like the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, <laughs> and, a, and a lot of other businesses that are constantly hiring new people, forcing the best to maintain their standard or get better, right? Or they become obsolete. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that isn't done in real estate? I mean, it's done with, with some teams, but why do you think generally speaking that isn't done in real estate? Fear. Absolutely. I think it's always fear-based. I think as an industry in the leadership level, I think we don't spend enough time on recruiting in order to be able to hold up the standards. It's 100% commission-based. Right. So we And 30 to 60 days out, right? We don't know right. four months from now what we have for revenues, but mm-hmm. we know what our bills are, Yep. right? right. So Well, one could argue now at this point, you guys have a pretty good understanting of, of what your revenue is going to be. But for the most part, when people are starting out, they have no idea. Right. Well, and I think that that becomes the, one of the other points that I was going to mm-hmm. make to why do things fall apart? I know for me, I didn't get into real estate to have a team, to run a business, to be a leader. Yeah. And nobody taught me. Like, so Tom talked about Agreed. bending on standards yeah. and stuff and- we kind of hit on not loving on people. But I think another part of it is, you know, Tom said he, he practiced and he had all these amazing skills sitting in a living room and having conversations right. and the scripting that goes into getting a seller to sign on. Yep. We don't practice leadership scripting, right. right? But a lot of the conversations that I have with my staff, with my agents, mm-hmm. it's all scripting yes. at the end of the day. Yes. Nobody, I, we don't talk about it enough. Yeah, we don't role play how to run an effective company meeting office meeting, performance review, putting people on a pip. We actually we actually do, but like but most real estate teams don't. Most most companies do. So you're bringing that to real estate is what it sounds like. I think we have to start to keep yeah. growing, right? Yeah. I literally did this with our sales manager yesterday before we left because he's running the trainings this week and this right. is and I'm I like it's okay if he makes some mistakes, like that's yes. really important too. Yes. And what we did was I said, "All right, walk me through, give me five bullet points of what you're going to talk about, yeah. the questions you're going to ask and 
then we kind of work on it together. And it's no different than a listing presentation. It's no different than an expired exactly. script. I mean, all the stuff that a lot, you know, I, I got a lot of from you early on, and now we're working together for a long time. It's a lot different. So I, I couldn't agree with that more. So why did uh, you actually had a higher number of agents <laughs> leave? Yep. <laughs> Tell us about that. <laughs> um, so, you know, ironic, we talk, Tom and I are really good friends, right? Mm -hmm. So we talk about this stuff all the time. And, you know, I, I had a I had a moment last week um, because I continue to make the same mistakes over and over, right? And it this was- This is confessional, by the way. I love this. <laughs> I'll give the details she leaves out. Don't worry. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> it was not pretty. Um, but it for me, my biggest mistakes always come down to communication, mm -hmm. right? And I think understanding who I am as a person, how I communicate, but also understanding that those who choose to follow us don't necessarily hear things the same way, right? right? And I can get really busy wearing still, we've got a big company, but I still wear 20 hats a day. And so if I can say three words, I often don't stop to say 10. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's led, I can go back every single time. That's been the biggest thing is the way that I communicate or understanding how people need to feel heard. Yes. Right. And yes. Tough conversations have to be had. So the most recent one, it was just one staff member, but it stung, right? It Some tough conversations needed to happen, but understanding, to Tom's point, holding those standards, how do you have the conversation mm -hmm. around maintaining standards while making somebody still feel supported, still making them feel loved, and making them feel heard? Yes. And that's where I drop the ball time after time. So what's the... I don't know. Have you ever seen this? This is not just a promotion yep. for insight, but you know, it's it's disc, 100%. right? Yep. Like this, this is in order of me, right? Like I'm constantly reminding myself, like I have a tendency to be like, be bright, be fast, and be right. gone. I think that's all three right? of us. Which is which is a lot of leaders. The challenge is if you have a ton of these people that work for you that are like, I just want to be involved. Tell me more. Like, what's the plan? I just want to be. Or this person that's just like, hold me. Right, I have a tendency to surround myself with a lot of these people. <laughs> they don't even like to talk to me. <laughs> They're just like, let us just go crunch the numbers and we'll talk to you later and tell you all the things you did wrong. Right. So, so part of leadership is understanding who you're communicating with. Do you think about how you have to communicate in different modalities? Oh, 100%. And, you know, again, our relationship, Tom and I share a lot back and forth and kind of digging into... Uh, stuff with retention, Tom has been helping me tremendously with it. And I think we kind of play off of each other yeah. and taking that and understanding love languages are just as important right. as disc profiles. Right. And so that's been one of the big things that we've implemented this year. Yeah. So how did you, we're going to get into retention and we're going to talk recruiting and it sounds like we might be going bounce, bouncing back and forth between the two. Um, but the one thing I want to acknowledge with the two of you, like I've, I've known you both for a long time, right? And I actually think about the, like the first time we really connected in Chicago when I introduced you to Josh Rubin and Jill Biggs. I showed up like a suit in the party like an idiot. <laughs> I, I, I was like, so I'm like, huh. And your journey, which is just this insane, kind of like DJ and Lindsay, like they went from 84 to 3,000 transactions in six years, right? And we talked about the the building blocks and the components. And you, you both have done an insanely great job. And yet we're here to talk about the mistakes. And then how you how you rectify them. So I just I want to tell you in advance. I appreciate both of your humility, the honesty, because everybody. Notice who I'm pointing to first. We all make these mistakes. The question is, do you learn the lesson and move forward? And you two do. So we're talking about the problem. Let's talk about the solution. So talk to me if I wanted to recruit 
more people today, and I know you wrote down some notes, so talk to us like tactically. What do I need to recruit way more people and then I'm coming to you on retention, you can interrupt as many times as you want with her. Sure. And vice versa. So talk to us. So for me, one of the biggest things was understanding recruiting is just, it's lead gen, just like buyer or seller lead gen, right? Yes. And building out the funnel. Okay, I know what that means, but for the person listening, what does that mean? So for us, for both of us, it's looking at it and saying, there's seven different pillars, lead, lead pillars, right? right. So like expireds, got, open house, geographic 100%. farm, Zillow, mm -hmm. realtor.com. You're saying the same thing applies to recruiting? 100%, and it's fascinating because we talk about how each of these pillars actually has a very similar correlation yep. to, right? Like the agent leaving a team is the expired, right? right? They've had a salty experience yep. and we need to turn them back the right way Yes. versus the roster calls or the cold calls, yep. right? Or the circle dialing yep. is the, yeah. <laughs> after we recruit an agent from a brokerage and we call yes. every other agent in the brokerage, uh -huh. that's our circle dialing. Yep. Um, we've got Google pay-per-click, which is just like Google pay-per-click right. anywhere else. Yeah. Um, going to real estate schools is yep. just like hosting a buyer or seller seminar, yep. right? Yep. So it's putting all of those different pillars in place and understanding that we need a healthy balance and more than five pillars going at every single yep. time so that as they come in the top, it's just like buyers and sellers, right? The funnel starts really wide on the top. We know they're not all gonna make it out to the bottom. But then we've got to have a nurture plan in place so that we keep them engaged and keep them committed to us as we work them down the funnel from either not being licensed or not being ready to think about a move until they pop out little agents at the bottom. I can, I'm trying to think of the Team Plus event when this was the talking point, when everybody kind of got like, those that were recruiting at scale looked at it just like farming, past clients, expired. I think it was the virtual one. Because you had me come oh, right, right after that's everything right. blew up with yeah. us, yeah. And you're like, "Hey, I need you to do this." And I said, "Okay." And and it was, I, I said something that when I realized it was lead generation, like for leads, yeah. it all clicked. And yeah. and I, I could and like this is a Zoom call, but you could see people like eyes kind of oh, light up on that, right. which was pretty exciting. Because we like you think about this, and and I did a a, a call for uh, Jason Pantana's clients about mm -hmm. this. And my first question was, "Who's got a recruiting budget?" And mm -hmm. They looked at me like I had 10 heads. And I said, okay, how much time do you spend on recruiting? And exactly. this is the same thing you had, t you had told right, me, right? right? And we've heard from some other people, you included yep. as well. So the, realtors get that, but they spend so much time trying to chase the deal. But if you have more people that can do deals, then you can bring in more business to your company. It's more opportunities for everybody. And, right. and that's what a growth mindset really is, is that yes. you know, people that aren't gonna be suited for a team, they're kind of afraid like, oh, there's more team members coming on. Well, guess what? When there's more people and more revenues coming in, that means we get more leads, we get more staff, we get more resources, right. and it's right. gonna be a heck of a lot easier selling real estate here. Right. More market share. Yeah. Right? More, more market share. More leverage. Yeah, exactly, exactly. More brand proof, social 100%. proof. Okay, so, so the big distinction is, if you wanna recruit at scale, you need to look at just like your marketing. And if you're myopic in your marketing, you need to not be. And if you're myopic in your recruiting, you need to not be. Absolutely. And then each one of them has a different cadence, a different mindset, a different sort of mentality, if you will, like calling somebody that recently left a team versus circle dialing versus, you know, uh, uh, do you guys do any, um, do you buy the list for like Massachusetts or New Hampshire and, and call them? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Which is kind of, it's kind of cold, right? And everybody's kind of working that. So that's interesting. It's almost like a for sale by owner, but not really. I think it's kind of cold, but everybody's working it, right? That's what right. I was thinking. Okay, so so one is you have multiple pillars, yep. but break it down even more. Do you, how, how big is your recruiting department? Uh, two full-time staff members, and then each of our sales managers for the office also have recruiting KPIs. It is the single most important thing to drive 
production, to drive revenues, to drive everything. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, our marketing person has KPIs around recruiting ads and recruiting lead gen. Yep. Um, our videographer has KPIs around how much content is created just for the purposes of video. Our data analyst has dashboards that are tracking just the recruiting stuff, yes. right? It's yes. every single person has KPIs tied to recruiting. Give us an example of those three and their KPIs. Um, so for the recruiters, it's dials, calls, it's conversations, appointments, and sign-ons, mm -hmm. right? For the sales managers, it's how many are we getting into the office for trainings yes. after the first conversation has been had? How many are we re-engaging and keeping right. on? Um, for our marketing person, it's literally looking at how many impressions are we getting across all the different platforms? Which ones are producing more? Is it YouTube? Is it Facebook? Is it Instagram? Um, and what are the click-through rates to? So we also have um, a website that's just about recruiting, mm -hmm. right? So how much of the lead gen is going back to the website? How long is the consumer? It's just like buyer and seller lead right. gen. It's exactly. How, how much do they buy or how much do they bounce? Right. What percentage start to fill out the form and cancel? Yep. Do you do retargeting on all those people? Absolutely. Of course. Right. It's, it's all the same rules apply. Yeah. You know what was one of the things Tom kind of hit on it, but one of the things that I think was super impactful for me was when I realized what's the value of an agent and company dollar for a year mm -hmm. versus how much is one transaction, right? So Tom said most of us don't have line items in our in our PL or in our budgets as we go into business planning mm -hmm. for recruiting, but we all have it for how much money are we going to spend on Google pay-per-click this year, right? Right To chase right. a $10,000 commission check. Yeah. But I know that the company dollar of an agent over the first 12 months is $150,000. And why don't, it, it was so fascinating yeah. to me to realize that I was spending thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands yep. of dollars to chase $10,000 paychecks. Right. But I wasn't spending the same amount to chase $150,000 paychecks. And yet, like, so so if every friend of mine that sells a SaaS product or my buddy who's the infomercial king, they would all say, what's your acquisition cost, right? right. And if, you, if I can spend two to make 10, I'll spend two all day long, and I guarantee you're probably not spending two to make the 150, but you are in the onboarding costs and all that stuff, but the actual marketing, it's a no-brainer, right? So Correct. Just, so making that switch. So how many people will your team of three, and I want you to break down the team of three a little more in detail, um, how many people will they recruit in 2021, and then what's the goal for 2022? So the two recruiters mm -hmm. will... Um, oh, I was thinking plus the sales managers. I oh. pumped them all into three, sorry. Okay, so there's... Three sales managers, the director of sales, and the two recruiters. Mm -hmm. So their goals going into 2022 are 12 onboards every single month, so okay. three a week. Um, and then where did they fall for 2021? That's a great question, and I don't have the data in front of me. Um, she's really mad about that right now. You see the, her facial. She's like, yeah, I saw that. Was, he's asking <laughs> me her teeth. Happened. I don't know the numbers, too. I'm on the phone okay, immediately. Okay, okay, so, I could bullshit it and yeah, make yeah, up no, the number. Don't, don't do this. Is, this is the be honest <laughs> show. So, um, Too funny. So, so 12 onboards a month, and there will be churn, right? Like, that just happens. Absolutely. How did you get to the 12 a month? Like, like, was there, like, did you say, I want to do this many transactions, my existing team plus new team, knowing how long it takes for them to close it? Like, was there a big math equation to this? Or was it like, yeah. well, I got all these people working on it. I'm going to get at least 12 people a month. I mean, a little bit of both, right? Like, that's full honesty. Yeah. Right? It's understanding where we want to go for yeah. 2022, how many people it's going to take to get there. And then to your point, mm -hmm. I think it's, it's super important to remember that there's always churn on two right. levels, right. right? One is what led us both to losing 50% of our teams, right? Yep. 
they have an expiration date. That's yep. brutal business honesty. That's just being right? honest. Um, Look, hold on. The entire industry switches companies all the time. Like everyone watching knows yeah. what I'm talking about. Not, there's a percentage of people that are just like the, the rare Kobe Bryant's 20 years at the Lakers, right? Like 20 years at Remax, right? Yes. But there's a lot of people that have been at nine brokerages in your 20 years. I, the other thing you're not hitting on too is we're bringing on a lot of new agents. 87% of those people are out of the business in five years. So right, it's, it's right. not just moving to other companies. Well, it's also the ones that say. can't cut it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's, mm -hmm. that's another factor. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, no matter how much we talk about, here's what the industry's like, here's what the expectations yeah. are, they don't always hear it, right? And of then course. there's going to be the ones that have a life thing that comes up. Yeah, um, COVID was huge for us. We lost a lot through COVID just mm -hmm. because homeschooling kids and doing all the things that they had right. to do. Right. It, life. Right. Life. Life in a pandemic. Even, even more so. Yep. So, so 12 a month means, you know, you're adding plus 120. Where do you think you'll finish in terms of active agents or net effective agents by the end of the year? The hope is that we're able to end up retaining about 175 okay. at, by the end of yeah. 2022, okay. right? Understanding some are going to leave just naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Some are, we're going to onboard and they're just not going to make it. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a sliding scale and looking at that, right? I mm -hmm. think one of the other important things for people to understand is that 12 a month comes over the course of literally right. 12 months. So right. the production from the ones in November and December mm -hmm. aren't going to impact 2022, yep. right? And their churn actually isn't going to hit 2022 either. Correct. So net effective uh, for us means like they're doing transactions, just for the record, for the people that are listening. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think about your 2022 recruiting goals more in the vein of the impact it's going to have in 2023. Correct. That's right. 100% like, like correct. Like 2023, you, you add net 75 salespeople, 2023 should just be bonkers. Yes. So how do you manage um, mentally, emotionally, people-wise, bringing on 75 net people and knowing that you're not going to get that massive lift? You're going to get a serious lift in production, but some of that's going to come from the maturity of your existing teammates. You know what I mean? Like we all, we get the waves of like tier one agents, tier two agents, tier three agents and how they all move the needle. How do you manage that? That's a good question. So I, I actually have an answer for this because I think this is where the retention side comes mm -hmm. in a bit. Because if you're not training them to do all the things that every agent wants to do, which is like yep. take listings, right. be dominant, have their own brand, and that's that's the way we've pivoted our, our trainings. We've actually mm -hmm. broken them up in that we got all these options. You need to come to one training a week, but here's all the other opportunities. And it lets them further their business and, mm -hmm. and get further because mm -hmm. a lot of teams, they just say like, here's the buyer leads. See right. you later. Right. And right. the hardest skill in and my view. That means there's no future for me to live into other than like we've seen this. I'm on a team. They sell 53 houses in their first year and they're like, I'm a rock star. I'm going to become a coach. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to lead seminars and I'm going to go start my own brokerage. And then they die. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. So you have some way to keep them. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, I think keep, like you said, I think I, I just assume everyone is going to leave at some point because things happen. And, and yeah. it, if they stay, that's awesome. And we want to make sure it's like a really great time when we get to work together. And I think yep. that's a little different than other people look at it. I agree. Because they say, right, they, they kind of treat it as like in and out. I just need bodies here. And that, that's, that's not us. So I'm going to say, Hey, look, here's how you go list a home. And here's how to go list a home and walk mm -hmm. out the door 72% of the time with a signed contract mm -hmm. and talk to 14 people and schedule an appointment. So literally everything I learned from working with you and our mm -hmm. coaches and my 20 years, like I'm just, we give literally everything away. Like people say, oh, we're going to, don't, you shouldn't say that on a video or you shouldn't put that out there. I just said, screw it. I'm going to say everything because most people aren't going to do it anyway. Right. But the ones that do and are attracted to me, uh -huh. they're going to 
they're attracted to me because I was this dominant listing agent and I, I did all these things. So why not give them everything? And then that's going to elongate their time with, with the organization. So uh, one of my clients, George, who you guys will meet you know, tomorrow if you haven't connected with him, he has like 120 salespeople on his team, dominant, you know, 3,000 transactions. He created stepping stones. Like we've talked about in the past, like for, you come into my team and you're doing this. And once you get to here, you graduate to this and then you can graduate to this. And sometimes that this is a listing agent. Sometimes that's the higher end price point. Sometimes, you know what I mean? Like, so they've created that sort of scale so people can start here and say, I want to be over there. Are you talking about, have you done the same thing? And if so, break it down for us. I would us. love that it was that systemized, to, to be very honest with you. Um, we, we've, we've done a couple things. We have um, some things where there's like some uh, incentives, like mm -hmm. when you hit a certain level of right. production, you can make more money by doing the same amount of business or certain lead pillars. Mm -hmm. And that's all tiered based on like how hard they are to work or where the lead comes from. Um, we have a profit share program at our team, which I nice. think is really important because a lot of people think, well, great, I'm just still making X percent. Yep. Uh, but if they do all, and, and look, it's it's not easy to qualify for. You have to do all the right things that we ask people to do all can the you, time. Can you give us an example? Sure. So you got to hit all your uh, KPIs in our CRM. So you have to, every month we measure the CRM and you got to have like a 90% response rate. Give us, give us an example. Of what the, yeah. But, so, but inside the inside the CRM, like so what is So Boomtown Vitals, right? Yeah. Very, it's, what's your response rate? We look for 90 plus percent on all yeah. response rates. Okay. Smart trips. Yeah. E-alerts, also 90 plus percent. You have to exemplify our values of our team. So basically, if you're an a-hole and you're causing a lot of problems, prob I mean, cultural fit is really important. I think yes. that's anyone listening to this. If they're not a cultural fit, just you get you can't hire. We're them. going like, back on that on recruiting. By yeah, the way, but so, yeah. I think that's yeah. um, there's that, and then it's averaging two sales a month and hitting over eight million dollars in sales for the year. So if I do all that, I get a profit share. Yep. And and. Remember earlier when you said sometimes I bend the standards? What do you do with the person that sold 38 and their KPIs were at 80? They don't, they, they, there's no profit share. I'm leaving. Okay. I'm going to, you know, we choose the people we get to keep. And yeah. I think that's where retention comes in. Yeah. Knowing what I know now, I would say a year later, roughly, um, and, and maybe even a little more than that. And we can, we can bring in agents all the time at this point. Like, right. and, and I choose to keep people that, are in line with our values. Mm -hmm. Are we're you know we're supporting them. It's got to go both ways. They're they're good for the company yep. and the company's good for them. It's got to be mutual. So if someone's going to leave over that, that's okay because they saw it, they signed it. One of our values is integrity, which is doing what you say you will when you say you will. I don't see a lot of integrity in saying, can you bend the standard for me because I missed by two percent? Because then what are you going to say to the other 35, 40 salespeople in the room? That's right. where you can't bend, and right. that's when you're going to have even more attrition if people start to see that. Thank you so much for listening to this. Make sure you follow them on all the social channels. And obviously, if you have questions, you now know you can DM them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, probably on your Tinder channel, right, Tom? Just kidding. Yeah. Snapchat, TikTok. Don't tell my wife about that. I know, I'm just busting your chops. All right. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for watching. We'll see you soon.